0: Aloha! You are listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. A little over a week ago, I released my Big Board 3.0, and in my podcast, I went through the entire first round picks one through thirty. And what I want to do today is take you a little bit deeper into that big board by, for the first time this season, going through picks thirty-one through sixty and giving you a brief take on who I think those first-round bubble guys are and who I think are players that are likely to be selected in the second round of the 2021 NBA draft. And So I'm going to just jump right into this and start with a guy that is one of the more divisive prospects in the 2021 draft. At 31, Cam Thomas, the shooting guard out of LSU freshman who has been one of the most elite, scoring guards in college basketball forget about freshmen he has just been absolutely dominant as a scorer in college basketball and one of the things that scouts really like about Thomas is he can get a shot off really about anywhere Um, he really thrives at getting to the line that's where he's especially talented and when you look at a player that scores the way that 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 he scores and we're talking about a, a guy who scores 23 points a game uh, and gets to the line nearly eight uh, times a game. Why are NBA teams not higher on him uh, given that incredible production? And it's a it's a couple of things that I think you've got to watch closely with him. the The first thing is that uh, he has been a solid but underwhelming three point shooter, uh, shooting about thirty two percent from three. A lot of that is around shot selection. Uh, for Cam Thomas. Uh he does make two threes a game, but there's some concerns there. It's mitigated a little bit uh by his free throw percentage, which is at 88%, which is which is actually really terrific. And it's the one-dimensionality of his game. Uh he's not much of a rebounder, he doesn't really look uh, to make assists or get other people involved. He's been somewhat of a disinterested uh defender uh on on both ends of the floor. And he's he's not he doesn't have great, you know, physical profile either. He's a 6'4, 210 not an elite athlete an, an okay athlete but not an elite one and all of that has teams wondering how much of that scoring uh, is going to translate to the next level I, i'd put him in a draft range of 20 to 35 right now though when you look at his games and what he did in the ncaa tournament 30 against michigan uh, 27 against st bonaventure uh, he he certainly i think Made the case for himself that he should be a first-round pick. Some teams obviously have him in the first round. Occasionally, it's in even in the teens. Lots of teams more see him in that in that thirty range where we have him right now. At thirty-two, it's Alperen Sengun, uh, the center out of Turkey, one of the younger players in this draft, still eighteen years old, and one one guy that again, when we talk about divisiveness, is all over draft boards. When you talk to some teams, they see him as a late lottery, mid-first-round pick. Other teams believe it or not, didn't have him in their top 60. He's put up huge numbers in Turkey at the age of 18, which is certainly one of the reasons that that teams are intrigued with him because it's not every day that you're going to get a, a big man at his age who's going to average just an incredible 19, almost 20 points a game, nine rebounds a game, uh, you know, several assists a game. He blocks shots, he gets steals. And he's doing that all under, under about 30 minutes a game. He shoots a pretty high percentage from the field at 64%. And, you know, you look at all the statistics and it all seems to play out. He's doing it at this at, at, a, at a high level in Turkey. And, you know, he should be he should be a guy that, that maybe should be drafted higher. But then when you look at him and his physical stature at 6'9", 235, he's not a great athlete. He's undersized. He really is a pure center. Uh, he started to develop the... The uh, inklings of a perimeter game, but right now is just shooting 80, 18% uh, from three right now. And you know all of that translates into how does this guy who really thrives in the paint and finishing at the rim but doesn't have the length or explosiveness or size that you typically typically look for in an NBA prospect – and doesn't have the perimeter game, or people feel like the foot quickness and foot speed to be able to guard on the perimeter, how does his game translate at the next level? It'd be really interesting to see where he ultimately falls in the draft because the productivity is just just off the charts for him. Uh, But there's serious questions, I think, about what that looks like at the next level. At 33, it's Trey Mann, uh, the guard, combo guard out of Florida, sophomore who's uh, 20 years old, 6'5", 190, his growth spurt is definitely what helped push his draft stock into the first round bubble. I think to begin with, uh, and he has been a guy that I think helped himself in the NCAA tournament. Certainly, a prospect that I think can make the argument at 6'5 that that he is a he's a prospect that that could be uh, could be underrated uh, at this point um, in the draft. He, as far as you know, his. His strengths go. Uh, he's actually a pretty good rebounder. Um, he's shot the ball really well from three, uh, at forty percent for the season, and, and making about two threes a game. Uh, he's a good free throw shooter, shooter, though he doesn't really particularly get to the line. Uh, he can be a pretty creative ball handler and pretty slick with the, with the ball handling. Uh, his point guard skills are still uh, a work in progress. He averages about three and a half assists a game and about three turnovers a game. And I think it's that question of because he's not an elite athlete and he's more of a better scorer than he is a passer, what does he translate out at the next level? I think he played really well uh, when, when he was at, at Florida in, in the tournament, uh, both uh, in the game against Oral Roberts and in the game against Virginia Tech. And he shot the ball well, which I think is going to be important for a players his size. But the question, I think, again, ultimately is going to be around, does he have those point guard skills to boost him into a first round prospect as opposed to a bubble uh, bubble first rounder? At 34, it's Roko Perkison, uh, the, the versatile forward out of Croatia who has a, has a really great feel for the game. Uh, has a lot of versatility, can play multiple positions on both ends of the floor. And he continues to put up, you know, really impressive numbers in Europe and uh, a prospect that I think is worthy of looking at, uh, just in part because, again, he's at his age. What he's able to do and, and how he's been able to do it, I think, are, are are quite are quite interesting. I think the question for him, again, is... Uh, about what position he has, he certainly needs to add strength at six, nine, two, Uh, You know, his defense might be a little bit ahead of his of his offense right now. He's a thirty three percent three point shooter, which is just you know okay. Um, he's a pretty good rebounder. Uh, he does see the floor very well. I, I think he's a versatile prospect, and he is again at just a little over eighteen years of age, one of the youngest prospects in this draft uh, playing. You know, significant minutes and averaging 13 points a game uh, in Zagreb, uh, Croatia. Again, if he was a better athlete, if he was a better shooter, if he was someone who we knew was going to um, be able to um, have the, the foot speed to, to guard multiple positions on the floor, he probably goes higher. I think he's a first round sleeper. I think he could easily be a draft and stash prospect. And uh, at 34, his draft range is 30, uh, 20 to 35. Uh, at 35, it's Io Desumo, uh, the speedy guard out of Illinois, who really had a dominant season uh, for Illinois this this year, and seems to have hurt his stock maybe a little bit uh, in, in the uh, in the in the NCAA tournament with a. Less than ideal showing for him after really a dominant junior year. He's got great size for his position. He's ultra quick. He really pushes the basketball. He's very aggressive. He's an excellent rebounder. Uh, He shot the ball really pretty decently from three this year, shooting about 39% from three, an area that coming into his junior season, a lot of teams had uh, some serious questions uh, about. Defensively, there's questions. He he doesn't really... uh, project as an elite defender at either position. Uh, He has a high turnover rate, which has some teams questioning, again, his feel for actually running a basketball team or whether he's more of a combo guard uh, scorer. And uh, he doesn't get to the free throw line as much as you would like for a prospect that has his speed and athleticism. He's certainly in the first round conversation. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's a lock for the first round right now. Uh, And I think that You know, sadly for him, where it looked like Illinois could go on a really great run and he could really highlight his draft stock, uh, that opening game lost uh, to Loyola, which was really one of his worst games uh, of the season, if not the worst game of the season for him, I think put in stark contrast his weaknesses. He had six turnovers in that game and just didn't quite get it done for me to what he's probably going to have to do to make a compelling case that he's a first-round prospect. At 36, it's Terrence Shannon, the uh, sophomore wing out of Texas Tech, who is an athletic slasher who really got on the board last year and started the season like okay uh, and has, has started to pick up momentum as teams have began to think about all of the versatility that he brings to the game. Nothing wows you about his statistical profile. Uh, he averages about 13 points a game, four rebounds a game. Uh, You know, assist the half a game. He he shot it decently from three at 36%. He doesn't really get to the free throw line that much. Uh, He doesn't really shoot a lot of threes. Uh, He took less than 10 shots a game uh, for the entire season. Uh, If there's something that just stands out about him, it's his versatility. It's his ability to um, play with a great motor, uh, to be able to defend multiple positions, uh, to be able to score in a variety of ways. He can get his his shot off the bounce, Uh, he can pull up, he can hit threes. He had a terrific game against Arkansas. I thought, I thought one of his better outings uh, recently for Texas Tech uh, in that loss. He ended up with 20 points uh, the first time that he had done that in about a month. Uh, shot it well from three, was three for four. I was getting to the basket. He's a guy that you're going to have to draft on on intangibles. You're going to have to draft on the fact that he's not dominant in any one space, but that he does many, many things well enough, that he's intriguing enough. And you're going to have to count that as three-point shot. Uh, is, is going to keep falling, and that that is going to be one of his weapons. He, he's in the 25 to 40 draft range uh, for me right now and sits at 36 on our board. At 37, it's Chris Duarte, uh, the Oregon senior wing, who's one of the older prospects in this draft, almost 24 years old, uh, and has been one of the most... Uh, one of the best players in college basketball this year. He's his scoring efficiency from everywhere at the rim, mid-range from three it was all very impressive. Um, his defense has been equally good all year with a high steal rate. Uh, I think he was able to uh, to show off uh, what he can do uh, in the NCAA, NCAA tournament. Uh, he was really good against Iowa, uh, and that's launched him into the into the Sweet 16 right now. And uh, if he were two, three years older. I don't think there's any question right now that Duarte would be a a mid first round uh, pick, maybe even late lottery, just given off his efficiency and what he's done at Oregon this year. The fact that he's 24 years old uh, is is a really really big big red flag for a lot of NBA teams. There's an expectation uh, that you're supposed to be good by there. There's 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 players in the league right now that are on their fourth year in the league uh, right now uh, and they're they're the same age i mean he as he is coming in uh that that shooting that 43 percent from three is certainly one of the areas that's most intriguing about him Uh, again his, his stats play out the eye test plays out for him absolutely the age thing is the is the thing that holds him back and why he's at 37 on our board and not higher at uh at at 38, it's uh, Nemius Keita, uh, the big center out of Utah State, a junior uh, who has been one of the best rebounders and shot blockers uh, in the country uh, for Utah State and a guy that uh, I-, I think has been a bit underrated because of where he plays and the fact that, again, NBA teams have shied away from from big guys. His statistical profile like really rocks. Uh, he's an elite rebounder, he's an elite shot blocker. Um, He's actually a pretty creative and crafty passer out of the post, Uh, he can absolutely burn you uh, that way as well. Uh, He's got quick hands, he picks up uh, a number of steals for a player um, his size, and uh, you know, I thought he had a a really solid game and probably his most high profile game of the year uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournament against Texas Tech, Uh, he ended up with 11 points, 13 rebounds. And I think the one number that that certainly stood out to a lot of teams was that the, the uh, seven seven blocks and six assists. Uh, he he got it done in a lot of areas. He's not the most athletic guy in the world. He can be a little stiff uh, in the way that he moves. Uh, his scoring uh, is is really is really going to be around the basket. I mean, he can step out and hit a mid-range jump shot, but he's not going to stretch the floor and and hit threes for you uh, anytime soon. He's a solid free throw shooter for a guy his size. Uh, I think he's a really intriguing prospect. He's 21 years old. Uh, I think that given his productivity at Utah State this year, I think that he absolutely deserves to hear his name called somewhere in that twenty-five to forty range, and uh, and I don't think teams are going to be disappointed. I absolutely think this is the year for him to come out, and and he's going to get and he's going to get drafted at thirty-nine. It's Johnny Juseng, the UCLA sophomore wing, who is one of the smoothest scorers in this draft. Uh, he was a blue chip recruit for Kentucky, who transferred after his freshman year to UCLA. He he really is one of the better scorers in this draft. He can really score the ball from anywhere. Uh, he can get on the get. He puts the ball on the floor. He can score off the bounce. Uh, he can shoot from deep. Has a really smooth handle. Very terrific feel for the game. Uh, he looks effortless when he's out there uh, playing basketball. He he's not. He doesn't have elite strength. Um, and I I wouldn't say that he pops athletically. He he's he's not a bad athlete, but he he's not an explosive NBA athlete, and that limits his upside. You know, somewhat, But I, I think he had really strong play uh, in the NCAA tournament for UCLA. He got, he got in three games and uh, was UCLA's leading scorer and really a big reason why uh, they made it to the Sweet 16 right now. And I think he's helping scouts remember uh, that coming out of high school, he was considered a, an NBA draft prospect who just really had a rocky freshman year uh, at Kentucky. Is he ready for the NBA right now? Uh, You know, probably not. Could he improve by staying at UCLA another year? You know, absolutely. But I would still put him in the thirty to forty-five range. When we come back, uh, we'll talk picks uh, forty through fifty. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I want to talk about our new sponsor RockAuto.com. It's a family business. It's been serving auto parts to customers online for twenty years, and. If you think about chain stores and they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody they're reliably low they'll offer the lowest possible prices rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then you choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. com and we are back talking 2021 Big Board 3.0 second round picks, picks 31 through 60. Uh, we are at pick 40 right now, and it's a, it's a freshman. Uh, we've had a lot of freshmen uh, in the first round. There's a few freshmen that are going to sneak into the second round as well. Benedict Mathurin, uh, the Arizona freshman shooting guard, who at 18 years old, uh, 6'7", 195, has, I think, been under the radar for someone who's big, who's athletic, Uh, who can shoot the ball well from deep He shot 42 percent from three he can finish at the rim he he lacks a mid-range game right now which is which is probably the most problematic aspect of his game right now he only shot 22 percent on two-point jumpers and uh, defense is still a work in progress as well right now he is a stretch the floor uh, with his shooting finish at the rim with his athleticism Uh, and there's not a lot else that you can really say about his game right now but he's young. And shooting does come at a premium in the NBA, and and Mathurin does that really well. So we, we put his draft range right now at 30 to 45, and he's definitely going to get some interest from NBA scouts if he declares for the draft. He certainly could also go back to Arizona for a year and and be a, a first round pick absolutely. At 41, is Terrence Clark, a guy another freshman out of Kentucky who started the season as a potential lottery pick. Um, ankle Im- ankle injuries limited him to just eight games, uh, and he's a pure scorer, and, and at you know his size, 6'6", 180, um, he can really uh, go get his own. When he was good, uh, like he had a 22-point outing against Georgia Tech in December, he looked the part of a lottery pick. He can be an explosive elite scorer. He can score in a variety of ways when the ball's in his hands, but he, he really was a bad sit- fit in kentucky's system i think a lot you could say that about a lot of the prospects uh in in the draft and he shot 21 percent from three which was really problematic Uh, there's raw talent here uh, as a scorer and someone that you would develop in the g league and if you start getting into the 40s and you're thinking about you know who i'm going to take uh who could ultimately end up being something if i'm willing to be patient i think clark is a guy who could really benefit from going to the g league he's declared for the draft and and, and a team allowing him to develop down there. I've put his draft range at 25 to 40. I, I think there's a team that might be willing to take a flyer on him late uh, in, the, in the first round, and, and I think you know, 40, 41 is, is probably about as low as, as he's going to go. I put his draft range right now at the 30 to 45 range. Uh, I think he could maybe sneak into the first round, just given the raw talent, uh, but there's there's enough crowding there that I think he's probably a safer second-round prospect. 42. It's Filip Petrosev, a uh, big guy out of Serbia. Actually, played for Gonzaga, and yes, they could have been even more loaded than they are right now. Put up huge numbers for Mega B- B- Max in, in in Serbia right now. He he was it was known in Gonzaga. He had a great soft touch around the basket and uh, was a really good rebounder. I think the question was his jump shot. And this year in Serbia, he's proven to be a pretty dangerous three point shooter. And 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 that I think has been the big evolution in his game. And why he went from a guy that was was likely undrafted as he left Gonzaga to now a really interesting prospect who I I think could go high in the second round and maybe, maybe just slip into the first round if a team wanted to draft and stash him. Uh, We put his draft range right now at 30 to 45, uh, but he's really had a strong, strong season. Uh, in Serbia right now, and and definitely at 6'11", 225 is someone that you have to watch closely, uh, just given the skill set. And if that if that three point shot is real, uh, he becomes a much more intriguing prospect down the road. At number forty three, Max Asmus, the Oral Roberts sophomore point guard, who has burst onto the scene in the NCAA tournament. He's really been dominant all season for the Golden Eagles, averaging twenty. 20- four points a game, four assists a game, shooting 43% from three with over eight attempts per game. But it's really been the dominant play in the NCAA tournament, 29 points against Ohio State, 26 points, seven assists against Florida, that I think of putting him in the conversation as a potential bubble first rounder uh, to an early second round prospect. He's got unlimited range on his jump shot. He can get to anywhere he wants on the floor. He does lack elite size for his position. He's just 6'1, 165 pounds. And his score first mentality limit is upside, I think a bit, um, because he's really more score than 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 a than a pure point guard. But I think he's a really intriguing prospect and I'm putting his draft range right now in the 30 uh, to 45 range. At 44, it's Charles Bassey, the Western Kentucky junior big man uh who is is pretty young for a junior at 20 years old, 6'10, 240 and his draft stock is hurt the same way a lot of these big guys' draft stock is hurt by the demise of their traditional big man in the NBA. And uh, he's actually had a really, you know, terrific uh, junior season. And and someone that, you know, you have to consider because of just the numbers that he's been able to put up uh, at Western Kentucky. He's been elite rebounder. Uh, he's uh, he's been a pretty good scorer at 17 points a game. He's been an excellent shot blocker. He averages like three. Uh, block shots a game. And, uh, you know, he's shown a little bit of range to be able to stretch the floor, which is something that, you know, teams have wanted to see him. He's shooting 31% from three, which isn't uh, ideal, but it's it's a start. He's actually shot it pretty well as a free throw shooter as well, at 77%, which is, is one reason to be um, a little bit bullish uh, for him. You know, playing at Western Kentucky, it's it's a little bit harder uh, for him to make the case uh, that that he would be able to make if he was playing against better teams, uh, you know probably the best teams that he he played this year were Alabama and he had a 27 and 10 uh, against Alabama this year. Uh, he was 13 and went 13 and 15 uh, at Louisville. Uh, had 21 and 14 and seven blocks uh, when he played against Memphis. And so there's there's stuff there as well. And again, if we were 15 years ago, uh, just based off his size and his profile, he would probably be um, considerably higher uh, in the draft than than where we have him. Uh, right now at 44. At 45, it's Herb Jones, the Alabama wing, who at 22 years of age really seems to have figured out um, what he does and what he does well. His offensive numbers aren't going to wow you, but he really has a strong impact on both ends of the floor. I, I think he's really... Increased his stock in the SEC tournament as well as uh, in the NCAA tournament, and is a, kind of a favorite for scouts as a sleeper in the second round. He's a good passer for a player's this size. He can defend three, maybe four positions. He's got a high turnover rate. Uh, he's a questionable scoring threat. Uh, he's been a, a pretty solid shooter um, this year as well. But his versatility, I think, really make him a really intriguing prospect in the 35 to 50 range, and a and a guy that again maybe the numbers don't totally I'll add up, but he just seems to have a significant impact on one of the best teams in college basketball right now, and at 6'8", teams are, are interested. At 46, it's Miles McBride, uh, the sophomore uh, point guard out of West Virginia, uh, who has shown really advanced passing skills and defensive toughness as a sophomore. Um, he shot the ball actually pretty well from three, uh, and I think that if there's an issue with McBride right now, it's about his Unwillingness or inability uh, to get to the rim, and his he falls in love with his jump shot in a way that I think is is frustrating uh, for teams who want to see him uh, get to the line. He shot 41% from three, 81% from the free throw line, so he can certainly get there. But those four attempts a game, I think, are a little bit frustrating uh, for teams. Uh, he averaged five assists a game. He's he's a he's a player that I'm slightly surprised isn't higher on boards just based off of what I saw. Uh, with him playing at West Virginia and, you know, his age. Uh, he's a little bit undersized for position listed at 6'2". I think scouts think he's a little bit smaller than that, which is, is something that, that might be hurting him as well. Uh, I, I find him an interesting prospect personally and, and a guy that we'll watch as he gets uh, into workouts. At 47, it's Joel Ayayi, the Gonzaga junior guard who shows just a ton of versatility, shooting, rebounding, He's certainly been overshadowed by Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert, but he had a really strong season on his own as a versatile guard. He can play both the one and the two, shot the ball well from three, is a really excellent rebounder for a guard, has been a really engaged in defender for uh, Gonzaga, and uh, he's more of a complementary guy than a lead one, but NBA teams at this point in the draft are looking for players like that, and I think he is an intriguing prospect. In that 40 to 60 range where we have him at right now maybe maybe edges up a little higher uh, just uh, in, in part depending on what happens uh to uh gonzaga uh the rest of the way at 48 it's rokus uh Djokobitis, uh the lithuanian point guard who has an elite feel for the game and ability to run a team just a classic point guard he can score off the bounce uh and he's he's a a really solid shooter as well he just lacks ideal size and athleticism and if he were two inches taller and a a, a faster twitch athlete we we would talking be talking about him in a much higher range because he's actually been um really terrific for lithuania and a a prospect that um nba scouts have been watching really closely and just trying to figure out what he could be at the next level, and whether those size and athletic limitations are going to keep him from from being a dominant NBA player, because he certainly looks right now like he is going to be an up and coming uh, European point guard uh, with just a lot of upside. At 49, it's David Duke, uh, the Providence junior guard uh, who was much higher on our boards was was projected as a second or as a late first round pick. Uh, earlier in the draft and really slid uh, he rocketed up draft boards earlier in the season only to kind of come back to earth uh, in the second half of the season uh, he was putting up big numbers offensively as both a shooter and a playmaker but his shot quit falling you know some at some point in the season his turnover started to increase and defenses started to key in on him and scouts became just a little bit more pessimistic about his draft stock and now i I'd, I'd put him in the 40 to 60 range there are still still a few scouts that are holding out on him as a late first-round prospect, but he's lost a lot of that goodwill. At 50, it's Matthew Hurt, the Duke sophomore uh, small forward, uh, who's one of the better shooters in this draft. At 6'9", 235, he had some first-round buzz as a freshman. Uh, I think he had first-round buzz early in the season as well. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, a really interesting three-point shot uh, at his size. I think that's the the big the big selling point for him. What he does defensively, I think, is the is the bigger question on why teams aren't 100% sure that he's a guy that they want to put um, all their eggs in his basket about, you know, can he stay on the floor as a a defender? But he shot 44% from three uh, and took a lot of threes, uh, and he he kept his turnovers low. Uh, He seemed to have a really great feel for the game, but he's probably better suited as a power forward. But then when you look at Look at his defensive numbers, his lack of rebounding, his lack of shot blocking, his, his lack of steals, and and how Duke had to hide him at times on the defensive end. I think it gets a little bit more questionable, which is why he slides all the way to 50. When we come back, we will finish out picks 51 through 60. You can listen to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar tastes even better then the old ones, they're in 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp. That's on top of all of the original flavors that you typically love, the Coconut Almond, the Raspberry, the Banana Bread, one of my favorites, the Mint Brownie also love that orange bar and the coconut one as well, of course, being in Hawaii. And the great thing about these bars is that they taste like a candy bar, but they're actually healthy. And for, for someone like me who exercises a lot and runs a lot and cares a lot about what he puts into his system, I love the fact that it's low calorie, it's low sugar, it's got high protein, it's got high fiber, 19 grams of protein. Uh, in fact, which is which is pretty awesome. And so go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. that's builtbar.com use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. And we are back talking 2021 NBA Big Board 3.0 second round. We've done picks 31 through 50. Now we're going to round out with, frankly, guys that may get drafted, may not get drafted, uh, could certainly move up. Uh, but but all of these players are, are intriguing prospects, if not players that we're projecting to be anything more than role players in the NBA. And it starts at 51 with Jeremiah Robinson Earl the forward sophomore out of Villanova, whose versatility and feel for the game are the big standouts for him. Uh, he's, again, one of these prospects that doesn't blow you away in any one statistical category uh, or one thing that he can hang his hat on other than that he just is an awesome basketball player that really knows uh, and, and has a feel for what to do uh, to help his team. I think that he's a, a guy that earlier in the season... Uh, many NBA teams thought would be a potential first-round prospect. And there is still maybe a small handful uh, of people that see him that way. Uh, he has the ability to pass the ball. He's a solid uh, rebounder. Uh, and he's a someone who limits turnovers, gets other people involved, uh, doesn't foul a lot, uh, just is a heady Villanova player the way that, that so many of those prospects are. On the downside, he's not an elite athlete. He shot just 28% from three, 72% from the free throw line. He doesn't really get a lot in the way of blocks or steals. Uh, He's just going to be a player that you say, at the end of the day, knows how to play and and helps his team team win basketball games. He had a a very strong showing uh, for Villanova in the NCAA tournament in the first couple of rounds versus Winthrop in North Texas, Uh, but again, those aren't necessarily the the, the, the strongest of opponents um when he's at his best uh he's racking up rebounds he's hitting jump shots uh he's dishing out assists and helping his team and when he's at his worst uh, his statistical statistical output sort of flat lines across across the board i, I have him in the 40 to 60 range right now at, at 52 uh johan Bagarin, uh the shooting guard out of paris who is one of the better athletes in this draft uh, and one of the younger players in this draft at 18, uh, 6'5", 185 pounds. Uh, it's his athleticism profile and his length that are intriguing. He's got a fast-twitch athlete. He has speed. He's got leaping ability. He also has a terrific motor that really really works hard. His skill set specifically is jump shot and his handle much bigger work in progress, and that's why he's more of a second-round draft and stash-type prospect who... Someone drafts on upside, lets him continue to develop. Uh, hopefully, that skill set catch, catches up with his athletic traits. That's why I've got him in the 40 to 60 range. At 53, it's Luca Garza, uh, the senior out of Iowa, the the big man who was arguably the best, if not one of the best players in college basketball this season. Incredibly productive, incredible skill for a big man. Dominant score in the paint. Added a solid perimeter. Uh, jump shot uh, to his game, which is one of the things that NBA scouts have been have been calling for. Uh, and it's essentially you have to look at his defensive abilities and whether he is going to be able to defend anybody at the NBA. His he's slow afoot. Uh, he doesn't have any real lateral quickness uh, to his game. He's not explosive athletically. Um, he was really not much of a factor as a shot blocker uh, at the college at the college level. Um, and even even his rebound numbers uh, for a player his size uh, were disappointing. Uh, what do we like about him? Uh, he was a terrific scorer in the paint and shot 44% from three this year, which is, which is a number that uh, I think it really intrigues scouts. Uh, he had one and a half threes made a game, took, took nearly three threes a game. That ability to stretch the floor... Uh, and just his overall offensive production, he averaged 24 points a game, are, are the ways of him convincing a team to draft him and give him a try, even though his offensive numbers, uh, cert, or uh, sorry, his defensive numbers are certainly a red flag. I think it's more likely that he goes over to Europe and has a dominating career um, in Europe, but you just can't count out a player that has been as prolific. As Garza has been, his last game for Oregon, thirty-six points, nine rebounds, fourteen made shots, three for four from three, and uh, you know those those are just numbers that that you have to take seriously, even given his age. Uh, I I know some. People remain baffled why someone who's so productive in college doesn't go higher in the draft, but again, it's about size, it's about age, it's about position, um, it's about a lack of athleticism. All of these are reasons why I think ultimately um, he ends up sliding into the second half of the second round of the draft. Raekwon Gray, uh, the power forward out of Florida State, uh, is a guy that I think really has helped himself in the tournament and a guy who I I frankly think is maybe a little bit, lower on scouts boards than he would be on mine uh the 6'8 260 pound 21 year old is in some ways like scotty barnes a little bit difficult uh, of a player to gauge he's got toughness he's got a great feel for the game he can defend multiple positions uh is uniquely unselfish i think for passing uh the, the basketball um he just helps you win basketball games uh and even if his box score doesn't really blow you away um, his ability to score the basketball at a high level certainly is questionable. He definitely has questionable shot selection at times, which, which as a junior is a little bit troubling. Uh, lacks that elite size for his position. Uh, those are the biggest question marks about his game right now, but uh, he, he's, he's another one of these guys that just that has such a significant impact, I think, in, in Florida State success. Uh, it was all on display. Uh, in the NCAA tournament I, I think he gets drafted uh, if he declares I I personally in, in my book might have him like a little bit higher in the 30s uh, but this is sort of where I, I see him you know just based off of conversations with NBA Scouts at number 55 it's Justin champenny uh, the sophomore out of Pittsburgh uh, forward who is a versatile rebounding forward that shows terrific promise as a two maybe three position defender uh, right now Uh, excellent rebounder great score at the rim it's his 31 percent three-point shooting his 36 percent shooting on two-point jumpers that's 71 percent shooting from the free throw line Uh, the limit is upside but for teams that are looking for uh, a wing that can guard multiple positions on the floor i think he's a really interesting prospect Again, probably one of those guys that you'd like to see go back to school and, and really improve his jump shot uh, to really pop at the next level. Uh, got his draft range at, at 40 to 60. At 56, it's Jabari Walker, the Colorado freshman uh, forward who blew up at the NCAA tournament uh, destroying Georgetown, where he went five for five from three and, and had 24 points, two blocks. He's the former son of NBA player Samaki Walker. And when you watched him in that georgetown game you saw why he was uh all pack 10 uh, uh freshman first team first team freshman uh with his ability to to shoot the basketball over defenders at six eight, two hundred 200 pounds he's got length he moves well athletically he, he can rebound he can block shots and uh he seems very confident as a shooter actually shot 54 percent from three for the entire season so it wasn't particularly fluky uh what he did against georgetown In his next game in the NCAA tournament against Florida State, he scored zero points in 24 minutes, and that pretty much encapsulates his draft proposition at the moment. He's 6'8". He can really shoot the basketball. He can defend multiple positions. There's a place for that in the NBA. He's really young. He's still 18 years old, but he's going to be a significant work in progress. He needs to get a lot stronger. Uh, He only really played about 13 to 14 minutes a game for Colorado. So, you know, his experiential level isn't the same as many of these prospects that have been asked to, to go out and dominate. But for a team that's willing to take a risk, he offers really significant upside anywhere in the second round, uh, in my opinion. Like again, ideally with a lot of these younger players, they return uh, to, their, to their teams for another season and play themselves into the draft lottery, which I actually think he has the talent to do the 2022 draft lottery. Uh, but if, if he goes in the draft now, some team's going to think about stashing him in the G League and and letting him develop and hoping that they hit big down the road. And and he ap- absolutely actually has that potential uh, to do that the next level, which is why he, he makes the big board. At 57, it's Buddy Bayheim, the Syracuse junior guard who has been shooting the lights out in the NCAA tournament. At six five one ninety five, just an absolutely dazzling display of shooting uh, in the first round of the in the first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament. Went eighteen for thirty one from three, and all weekend I think NBA teams were f- trying to figure out how to talk themselves into Beheim as a as a sharp shooting guard. There's enough confidence, enough toughness to make it in the NBA, even if he's going to be one dimensional um, at the next level. Uh, he's really shot that way all year. He averages three. Uh, Taking three threes per game, he's made nearly forty percent from beyond the beyond the arc, and look, shooting matters in the NBA, and it's why someone might decide to go ahead and 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 take him uh, in the draft uh, in the second round, even if there's some limited upside about who he's going to be able to defend and what role he plays at the next level. F fifty eight, it's Quentin Grimes, uh, Houston junior shooting guard, he used to play at Kansas, excellent shooter, uh, made three and a half threes per game, very versatile defender a little bit undersized as a three and D wing uh, has pretty sub far f- uh, finishing numbers at the rim. Two point jumper is also a little bit concerning, but you're talking about a guy who has really shot the lights out uh, for Houston uh, and one of the best teams in the country uh, this year, a very underrated uh, prospect. When you, when you think about it and given, given what he's done and given, you know, where he was originally um, thought about uh, by NBA scouts when he went to can uh, to Kansas. And so if you're looking for a true three and D wing who can really shoot the basketball, 42% uh, from three, who can really defend, but doesn't have much of an in between game right now, and is is slightly undersized for that position, and his wing is you know six eight, which is which is okay, but not not ideal for that position, I think he's a really intriguing second round prospect. At 59, it's Ariel Hukporti, the big man out of Germany, who is still very much in my opinion, uh, a blank canvas at seven foot, 251 pounds, uh, mobile, uh, still figuring out his game, what he's going to be right now. Uh, I think right now teams are intrigued on the defensive end, his ability to block shots, to rebound um, at his size and his ability to move his feet, uh, make teams think that he might be able to guard out at the perimeter level. He's, he's pretty great in transition. He can run the floor. Uh, and he can finish at the rim. I think the rest of his offensive game is still, right now, very much a work in progress, and trying to figure out what he will be at the next level is a big question mark, but getting drafted in somewhere in the second round, I think he's an excellent draft and stash candidate uh, in the draft range of, of 40 to 60 right now. And then at number 60, it's Keontae Johnson, Florida junior forward, who, to be honest, if he hadn't um, collapsed, uh, during Florida's fourth game of the season, um, with an undisclosed, uh, condition would likely be mentioned right now as a potential late lottery mid first round prospect right now. And, and the, the truth is we just don't know. Uh, he's, he's an, an elite athlete, uh, who looks like he can defend multiple positions, can shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, and was it was a guy that just a lot of teams were really excited to see this season. And, you know, the question is now, does he declare for the draft? Uh, If he does declare for the draft, will he be cleared medically? What is going on? Why did he collapse? Uh, You know, all of that has been under wraps, and and I can't speculate, and I don't really know the answer, but we'll start to find out from NBA teams if if he does declare what's going on and whether they see a future for him in the NBA or whether there's something else going on with him that's going to limit his basketball career. That's our top 60. There's probably another 10 to 15 guys, and we'll continue to add on to this list as we get uh, around the season. And at the end of the NCAA tournament, we'll come back and do another big board 4.0. We'll have a, a full mock draft that's going to be up uh, shortly as well. And Tony Jones and I are going to keep going back and doing draft stock watches for the NCAA tournament. So we'll be back next Tuesday with another NCAA draft stock watch, and then we'll do one the week after that uh, as well and and fully cover the NCAA tournament and then from there we'll start to dive into draft workouts and and really diving deep into the film you've been listening to chad ford's nba big board on the lockdown podcast network aloha